You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back to issue 142 of Imagine If. That's right. That's right. This week we're talking comic books, as always, on this new comic book Wednesday. And what a beautiful day it is. The sun is out. The birds are singing. The heat hasn't killed us yet. And I'm spending time with not only my two favorite people in the world, but with all of the young women and, and babies and gentlemen and humans and aliens that are listening to us right now. There you go. I mean, can you think about the fact that this... I mean, this is, exists on the internet, so it could exist way past when we're we're dead. Right. Once we are corpses in the ground. We are immortal. We are the fertilizers of our alien overlords who come and listen to these beautiful words. There and you go. go out and seek these comic books. <laughs> what are we talking about this week, Chris? We are going to jump into another world. Another world full of the Walking Dead. That's right. Uh, Walking Dead has come to a surprise conclusion to everyone. Surprise. So we are going to give you our thoughts, our experiences, our love, and our feelings for Robert Kirkman's wonderful opus to the Walking Dead. And what an opus it has been. So yeah, uh, to surprise to just about everybody outside of... Kirkman's circle, I would assume, because uh, even comic book tells mom. <laughs> Kirk, uh, even comic book retailers uh, didn't know because they they had solicits going fake much solicits, fake yeah. solicits going much further. Um, we have uh, he ended it at one ninety three, which made sense because one ninety two spoilers. If you haven't read that, Rick Grimes died. So it finally happened as the crazy. as the story that's been called the the life and times of Rick Grimes. Rick Grimes. Uh, he dies in 192. The the book ends in 193. It's a nice little epilogue, you know. It's bringing it all full circle and kind of giving us a deal, like the best stories do, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, it caught me off guard. I was very surprised, and I was really surprised that he ended it after uh, Rick's death. But we're going to talk more about that for sure. So yeah, we're going to do a little 101 on The Walking Dead. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna compare a TV show to video games to comic books, all and everything in between. So. Before we do that, let's get to our spinner rack for this Wednesday. All right, it's Wednesday, and you found yourself in your local comic shop. It's time to look around and see what's out there. So coming at you from Boom Studios. Boom. Yeah, that, well, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Power oh! Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 40, San Diego Comic-Con 2019 special edition. will be at select stores. So if you were very surprised by the events of issue 40, get ready for another special cover. That's right. Sorry, Rafa. I'm killing his wallet right as it's we It's one speak. of those things where, I mean, I, I live and breathe and die for Power Rangers. And to see my favorite show as a kid that taught me English in this beautiful country, I was I now am able to experience it in comic book form. And I hate it because they come out. Okay, boom, you sons of bitches. <laughs> you guys come out with like 100 different variant covers for like one or two issues. And it's like, I can't buy them all. And now I'm like looking like, oh, I'm going to buy this and that. And it's just, you got, I don't have all those money. I just bought a car. it happens no it's tough i will admit like i unfortunately and like it's it's such a double-edged sword because it's like it's a niche thing which is great 
but it blew up. So it sucks because, like, I want to go back and I would love to have some of these classic issues, but I can't, you know. And then, like, I'm very much like a first print, first edition. So it's like, oh, man. You are the purest. You know? Yeah, and it's going to be tough. And they have some beautiful variants. Oh, my God, the helmet covers. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. But, well, so, yeah, there is that out there. But what's perfect timing is issue 40 is out with that variant cover. And then Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 41 will be out on the new stance to continue on the stories. Oh, God. So I believe this will be focusing on the... Um, well, necessary evil. Necessary yeah. evil. The storyline is going great because yeah. we get a sense. If you watch the TV show, this is giving us that MMPR Tommy taking on the White Ranger responsibilities. I've never been a big Tommy fan. I think Power Rangers got oversaturated. You know, go read my article on the Geek Elite Media website. But besides that, it's one of those things where you're able to look into it and they're giving a different backstory. And we're getting some surprises with new characters, new villains, and the, just the retelling. It's the reimagining. It's the excitement of storytelling. It's a story told again and again, but in a different format, in a different way. And that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah, no, they've been they've been doing it great. I love the fact that it's, it's almost like, you know, it kind of reminds me of like this, the new Star Trek movies. It's like all the love is still there. Well, we get these brand new adventures. Yeah, and it's know? great. And, you know, you can, I, one day when I pop out a little Rafa, you know, have am like, hey, check out this cool stuff. And Because they're not going to want to watch the 90s TV show. They're going to say it's dated. They're going to look at <laughs> yeah. it weird. I mean, like, no, that's well, great. The, the 90s TV show was uh, was just an updated version of the 80s? Yeah, the like, Japanese so. show. 70s Super Sentai it's Japanese they, show. So you, you got into it even though it was 20 years old? That is true. So there's always nostalgia around, you know? And it is there. And that's, that's, that's the beauty I think the love that you give it will definitely like, Trans- inspire them. Yeah. Yeah, by like, then, like I want to say 20 years from now, that's when my Power Rangers pilot would have already been out for a while. There you um, go. And that's going to be my claim to fame. And then hey, when, when I get to interview, I'll be like, well, what is it that inspired? Well, the 90s uh, Power Rangers Bam, show. Right and, there, yeah. yeah. DVD sales. God, they don't even make those Blu-ray sales. They'll be they'll be orange rays. It'll be Apple digital sale. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, (laughs) streaming for a limited time only. And I'll be the angry guy. Be like, I need my desk. You remember? I I remember going. I remember going to the bars. You know, like five years ago, and there'd be the the time life. You can get the whole seasons of (laughs) the Power Rangers for this twenty dollars or something like that. Infomercial that always played. We need to get that infomercial. Uh, let's see. Well, jumping over, uh, Dark Horse Comics. If you are a fan of Tomb Raider, this is a great one. The Tomb Raider Omnibus Trade Paperback Volume 1 will be out. So they've had a couple of restarts with Laura Croft and all her fun adventures. So in this situation, if you want to get the first, teen, first 18 issues of the 2014 Dark Horse series, this is where it's at. So this was definitely one of the reboots of that uh, franchise. So check it out if you will. Now we're going to go into the big leagues. We're over at DC Comics, and again, a lot of Year of the Villain will be happening. So let's start off with Action Comics, issue 1013. God, that's crazy to see those big numbers. Right. Yep. Action Comics 1013. So this is going to this is going to actually be part of both storylines, kind of as we talked about last episode. Event Leviathan and Year of the Villain will be taking place in both of these. So what's going to happen with Metropolis, Lex Luthor, Lois Lane, and Superman? Well, Brian Michael Bendis knows the secrets, and they're going to be in this issue. And it's chaos. That's what it is. <laughs> it really is. It's going to be nuts. Uh, Batgirl issue 37 also takes place in the year of the villain as well. Batman Beyond number 34. There's going to be a lot of changes coming on because Batman Beyond will be part of Bendis' Legion reboot. So his storyline will be coming to an end before he gets revamped. So if you want to check out those issues, definitely give it a read. 
Batman, Curse of the White Knight. That's right. Our love for Sean Gordon's Gotham universe has been so much. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, Sean Murphy, I'm sorry. Uh, it's been fantastic. So this time, uh, he, he basically, Sean Murphy hijacked Mitch's brain. Yeah. And he's going to take Azrael and put him in this beautiful universe, the Curse Ooh. of the White Knight. So this time, the Joker recruits Azrael to help him expose shocking secrets from the Wayne family legacy. So this is going to be great. I highly recommend this. I was a big fan of the first volume. I don't think this is going to be some like you're going to walk away from this wanting more. There were a couple times in that first volume, that first story that I was, I was like, I don't know if this is for me, but then that, it ends so great. So it does. And honestly, you bring up a great point. Sticking the landing. That's yes. the hard part. A lot of style. Yes, sometimes because I think what hurts with this one, I would recommend every time an issue comes back or an issue comes out, read the previous issues. So, like, read issue one, and then when two comes out, read one, two, and then when three comes out, one, two, three. Do that. I know it's asking a lot of you, but in the end, you're going to see a lot more as each turn gets revealed. I think that's the best way to do it. Or you could trade weight, but again, you want to support the, the the creative behind this, so that's what my, my recommendation would be. Uh, for those of you that love... <coughs> For those of you that love the Bronze Age, uh, there's going to be an omnibus by Jack Kirby out there. So a lot of the Jack Kirby DC stuff will be collected here in the Days of the Mob, Spirit World, The Demon, Sandman, OMAC, Fighting Forces, Superpowers, Superpowers Part 2, First Issue Specials, DC Comics Presents, Richard Dragon, The Kung Fu Fighter, Weird Mystery Tales, and Forbidden Tales of Dark Mansion. A lot of Jack Kirby's craziness will be collected in this hardcover, omnibus-style book. So if you are a Jack Kirby aficionado, this is a book for you. Detective Comics 1008 will be out. The Joker's back. That's right. This isn't a three Jokers. This isn't a Joker naked or whatever weird stuff he's doing. This is the true DC Comics Joker. <laughs> he's back in Gotham City and his shenanigans are going to going on. So we're dealing with Year of the Villain. And remember, the Year of the Villain went to Mr. Freeze. So Nora is going to be coming back. So if you want to oh. get some Joker, Mr. Freeze love, D Detective Comics is the book for you. And uh, that, I hope Mr. Freeze freezes Joker and kills him once and for all. Oh, that would be nice. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm tired. I hope he freezes Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and get oh, out of here. Yay. That's the way to do it right there. Get that, out of here. That for the win. That for the win. All right, so the final moment has come. Flash issue 75. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, the Flash year one is coming to a conclusion. So this is going to be a very oversized anniversary issue. And we've seen Barry's journey, so now he's there. He's the Flash. What's going to be happening? What's going to be going on? So you're going to see some of the things that will help formulate Barry's founding years, but then also we're going to come to the future. So again, the offer, because it's year of the villain. Something's going to happen, and it's going to happen to Captain Cold. What will Lex Luthor offer him as we feature the year of the villain? Let's see here. We have Freedom Fighters issue 7 of that 12-part miniseries. Hellblazer, if you're a fan of that that saucy Brit John Constantine, here's a collection of his Hellblazer trade paperback volume 21, The Laughing Magician. Now, these are the mature reader ones. So these are the real special John Constantine books there. So Hellblazer's issue 239 to 249, and a story from Hellblazer's special, Lady Constantine, parts 1 through 4, will be in there as well. That's the Constantine I want, the one that you can see the goosebumps on his nuts. Yeah. You know, the one that you know he's going to go straight into perilous danger, smoke a cigarette, call someone an asshole, and 
maybe die, but not really. Yeah. No. So, and for those who uh, who care to know, uh, Matt Ryan will be returning for to play Constantine in Legends of Tomorrow again yes. in next yes. season for oh, that's the awesome. CW. Uh, I think he's doing a great job. But Keanu Reeves recently, has, in an interview, has said that he would love to play John Constantine again. Give us both. I I'm, liked, I'm fine with it. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I loved Constantine with, with Keanu Reeves. I thought it was different enough. I mean, that could be its own thing. Um, but, God, I love that actor. He does such a great Matt Ryan does an amazing job. Oh, Where did Constantine come from? Like, didn't he come out of another book? Didn't was, he, he, was he part of Vertigo? He, he well, Vertigo, but didn't he come out of, like, another Neil Gaiman book? I think he came out of Swamp Thing, to be honest with you. Swamp Thing, that's right. I think oh. it was Swamp Thing or Crisis on Infinite Earths may be his first appearance. Really? It's something weird like that. Um so I'm hoping it's Crisis on Infinite Earths because that means I've got his first appearance. <laughs> I will retire. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he definitely spun out of the Swamp Thing universe, and he was just so fantastic, he took on a life of his own. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's see here. Justice League Dark, number 13, continues on with the year of the villain. So again, we're going to be facing off some of the mystical side of things. So the offer goes to Cersei. So we're going to see what happens there and how she goes after the JLD. Martian Manhunter issue 7 continues on his one-year collection of his first of time on Earth. So we're going to see him using some of his abilities on Earth for the first time there. So here's his origin story. I don't know why this happened, but just in case you like that sort of thing, Superman Year 1 issue 1 got a second printing. I think that's because DC probably bought all the issues themselves. No, <laughs> uh, for those of you that do like that, it's... It's a thing of its own. I just hope it doesn't catch on because that's not the Superman I know. But, hey, to each their own. Terrifics issue 18 will also be playing with the year of the, the villain as well. Here we're going to meet the Bizarro Terrifics. So they're going to be given a chance by Lex Luthor. So what's going to happen with the Bizarro Terrifics there? Bizarro Terrifics. Now, I'm curious. I, I haven't been reading this book. Uh, I unfortunately just kind of fell off the wagon with it. But I'm curious. Are they actual, like, bizarros? Or are they just evil geniuses? So uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a, That would be interesting. But, like, I mean, we've seen Bizarro World where there is a bizarro version of everybody. I mean, yeah. I would imagine on that world. But we saw that world get destroyed in... Uh, Super Sons. Yeah, but it, it, yeah. it happens all the time. Yeah, you're right. I and mean, there was one point when it was a Q birth, so I mean, it's it's all yeah, over the place. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I just the, now now how cool is this? Because remember, Plastic Man's on that team. So is it a Plastic Man Bizarro or is it an evil Bizarro Plastic Man? <laughs> <laughs> to yes, go tea or not? You're just gonna have to read. <laughs> yeah, the plot just thickens. Yep. And then finally, another milestone: Wonder Woman issue 75 is out there at last. After years of exile, Wonder Woman returns to Thymascara. So Wonder this is going to be huge. Uh, this will also take place with the year of the villain, the offer, uh, the offer as well. So who in the Wonder Woman world will be offered? Sorry, that was just so many W's. <laughs> but somebody in Wonder Woman's uh, cast of characters, the Cheetah, will actually be offered by Lex Luthor. So what will he give her and what will she do? And obviously we do have a Wonder Woman movie coming, so that's going to be great. So if you want to get on the cheetah train now is the time to do it. All right. So let's see here. We're going to move over to Dynamite Entertainment. Dynamite. Um, the, the Boys is coming. So there's going to be an omnibus. They've actually been reprinting these as, as omnibus editions. So volume three will be out. Uh, I just learned this recently. Mitch was, he was showing me his copy of it. The boys actually started with Wildstorm, and mm -hmm. then it was just too much to the point where they're like, hey, and Dynamite took it over. That, I, I always find that story interesting, that they're just like, ah, this is 
this is too much for us. <laughs> really you guys is. can keep your characters and go somewhere else. Thanks. We can't handle this. Yes. It really it is something else. Holy cow. So, yeah, definitely. And then, obviously, get ready for the show to come out on Amazon Prime as well. Uh, James Bond origin. So, if you missed out on the comic book origin of James Bond, it will now be collected in a hardcover volume coming out of Dark Horse Entertainment. All right. Hey, let me let me let me get your guys's uh, vote on this. Is James Bond a person or a title? To me, it always seems like a title. I thought it was a person. Yeah, yeah. I figured it's it's we got to get beyond the fact that. So here's multiple the, people play yeah, it, and so that's like, fine with me. Like yeah. it's not like it was Roger, you know, whatever Roger, Roger Moore. Moore and things like that. Like they all played the same character, and that's how I see it. Like because I kind of I made this neat little connection with movies and comics in my own way. The director and the writer they're the same. The actor and the artist are the same. So, like, the penciler would be the actor. Okay. And so, but yeah, I've, I've always figured that it, it's not like a Jason Bourne identity. It is James Bond. And I mean, there's 365 days in a year, and we've only seen 25 of his adventures. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. And, I mean, I normally would say I'd look at it more as, like, a persona. But mm-hmm. when you say it like that, yeah, it plays. It depends. Unfortunately, I never really got into James Bond. No? I mean, I, I like the... So the movies after Pierce Brosnan, like Pierce Brosnan mm. and on, is is the ones that I like. I enjoy. Uh, I and, and I feel like my theory of of James Bond being a title that just gets passed along with the 007 moniker, like worked up until Skyfall. Because in Skyfall, yeah. like you you find out, oh his na- his family name is Bond and stuff like that. Which I'm like, well, that doesn't make him a very good spy. Like no. people know his identity. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but yes, there you go. He wants to ultimately come in and just showcase, like, even though my secret identity is out, I'm still the best. Exactly. Fuck. <laughs> watch and come over and see what happens. All right. From IDW, we got some more television coming at us. Glow. The gor- glorious, la- oh, the glorious, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous ladies of wrestling versus nuclear war. What? That's right. They're going to get their own summer special. Sure. Awesome. So if you want to get some more action with these ladies by Devin Grayson, then definitely check this one out. Another one of those properties where... You know, watching it unfold on the TV is great, but then seeing it on the pages is also great. It's like fan art and like fan fiction, but professional. Yeah, no, it, it's so exciting because we love fan art, and then this is like, oh my god, this is the real thing. It's 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 legit. Like this is some real stuff. Uh, here's something that comes out of left field. I'm just gonna throw it out there just because it's fun. Gobots Volume oh, One. That's yeah. right. Oh, the Gobots have their own trade paperback. I've actually been hearing a good amount of talk about this. Like, you know, like I guess Tom Scioli. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it, but he is the writer and the artist on this one. He's got some love for the Gobots, so he definitely he made it happen. So he's got a a mini series out there, or maybe it's an ongoing. I'm not too sure, but either way, Volume One is out, so that'll collect the issues we missed. Gobots, the Kmart Transformers. Uh, <laughs> you said it. I had to. That's the whole reason why I had to plug that book. <laughs> All right, let's see. Jumping over now, we're at the big guns, Marvel Comics. So Amazing Spider-Man issue 26 will be coming out. Uh, this will definitely take us uh, beyond issue 25, and we're going to see Spider-Man joining the Superior Foes. This is Nick Spencer. He loved his Superior Foes book. So if you were definitely a fan of that, now is the time to get on this book because it's their book as well. Uh, Daredevil issue seven gets a second printing. So that begins the second arc of Zardaski's great run on there. 
Doctor Strange, issue 16, will be out, and this will continue the Herald Supreme. Uh, this is, again, where they picked Mitch's brain, and they decided to have Dormammu get the power of Galactus. <laughs> so I like how Mitch mixed cosmic and magic together, and then sure enough, that's what's going that's on. That's what they did. They're just taking your ideas, Mitch. You just become this giant, just melting pot of great ideas. It's just a pool. And they're just taken. They're just taken. <laughs> and not giving proper credit. <laughs> uh, let's see. If you watched Avengers Endgame, and you loved seeing all those female Avengers together, as we've called them A-Force, because that was actually a thing before the movies did it. If you want to see more of the fiercest ladies of the Marvel Universe, then pick up Fearless. It's a three-issue miniseries that's going to be focusing on the fantastic females of the Marvel Universe. Guardians of the Galaxy issue 6 gets a second printing, which is just in time for Guardians of the Galaxy issue 7, which begins the second arc, Faithless. Donnie Coates is on the book, and it's been great stuff. Now, here's a neat one, and I love when they do these stories, and it seems like they do them all the time, but I don't care because I love this stuff. History of the Marvel Universe. Issue 1 begins the six-part miniseries by Mark Wade. These covers alone are fantastic. Oh, my God. I don't know which one to buy because there's like three different major connecting covers, but they're all fantastic art, and it's been great stuff. So I highly recommend this one to you. And now... It's time to face the future, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Jonathan Hickman begins his reign on the X-Men with House of X, issue one. God. Last episode, we talked about, you know, the story coming to an end. Matthew Rosenberg giving us a story that some people they didn't like. And now we got a lot of people jumping on on the hype train for Hickman, which is great. I liked Hickman's Avengers run all the way leading up to Time Runs Out and Secret Wars and all that jazz. So I think it's in good hands. Right. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. All of the covers and the things that I know so far, I I don't know where it's headed. Yeah. No, this is tough. Like, I have a theory. Rafa and I have talked about this. I think I've shared it with Mitch as well. I think because, okay, so when you buy House of X, when you go to your LCS and you get House of X, tell yourself and tell your LCS to hold Powers of 10 as well. Because these books, while you can read them separately, Each new issue is going to reveal more about the previous issue of the other book. Hickman is a great puzzler. Like, the man is the human living riddler. Like, (laughs) this guy just loves to interweave so much connectivity. Maybe he's the clue master. He's he's, he's fucking out there, man. Like, he's, (laughs) he's got some crazy theories and ideas. So, I mean, definitely tell yourself, get both books. I was just originally going to get House of X, but I'm glad that I decided to pick up Powers of Ten as well. Um, I just, I think I'm going to sleep better, so I highly recommend you do the same thing for yourself as well. Let's see. Uh, If you want to see some savageness, Hulk, World War Hulk is going to get a brand new reprinting of the trade paperback. So if you don't have that, definitely go get yourself this. Um... I don't, no, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not giving him the pleasure. So I'm going to move on. I'm skipping a book. All right. Now, this (laughs) is a big book, and this is exciting probably just to me, but I don't care. Um, Marvel Comics Presents Issue 6 is getting a second printing. Now, this blows my mind. It's getting a second printing and a second printing variant. Wow. Yeah. So this little book that just came out of the middle of nowhere... So I did a review for it, and I mainly did the review because in it there was three stories. So the first story was Wolverine by Charles Soule, and he's been doing this uh, Wolverine story for every 10 years. It's been like every 10 years Wolverine meets up with this 
a French Canadian woman and they stop like this evil demon from coming onto our world. And in issue six, they revealed that Wolverine has a daughter. Okay. And everybody's blowing up like, oh my God. Like an actual daughter. Yeah, actual daughter. Like X-23 or Honey Badger. Yeah, it's going to be that. But now this is what cracks me up. It's like, well, if everybody's going to go bullshit crazy for this one, then go buy issue five because that's her true first appearance. So take that. (laughs) Ah, But anyways, they're going to do a reprint cover for that, which is great. Whatever. Yippee-ki-yay. Uh, the second story was a Deadpool story. Wait, so the the idea that every 10 years it's this French-Canadian woman and, and Wolverine have to go, and I'm guessing this French-Canadian woman also has longevity? She well, can no, have- no. So it started in World War II. So that was the maternal grandmother. And so she knows this witchcraft. And basically she calls out this entity to kill these Nazis. So she had good intentions. The way to do it, of course. Yeah. But the entity was just like, I don't give a fuck what's a Nazi. I just care about eating and killing you all. And so everybody had to join forces to stop it, and they do. The second issue, 10 years later from that, Wolverine and the lady team up. He discovers that this woman has a daughter. The third issue, now he teams up with the daughter, and like she seduces him. They spend a night together. The fourth issue... You know, it's more with her, and they're kind of like, well, we had this moment. Aren't we going to talk about it? And she's like, nope, because you discover that the family forced her to kind of seduce Wolverine to get his seed. And then the fifth issue, you see the little girl. Then the sixth issue, she's a grown-ass woman with her own version of claws and stuff like that. So she's going to be both of these bloodlines tied together so that way they don't have to constantly wait for Wolverine to show up every 10 years. I thought it was because I was going to say because we not recently because it's probably been over a year now. Well, it's definitely been over a year now, but uh, we saw that issue before Batman's and Catwoman's wedding where him and Wonder Woman have to go and battle that other Oh yeah, DD whatever, yeah, or whatever in another dimension that the it, it to them it was like hundreds of years, but also within a couple of minutes, and then yeah. they were uh, and then back home. Catwoman's like, you need to get them back here. You don't get to just leave them there forever, <laughs> kind of thing. So I just thought that was interesting yeah, symmetry. Kind of seems that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so that storyline, the Charles Charles Soul storyline, is going to get its own second printing. So if you're in it for this new daughter, child of Wolverine, there you go. I personally have no stock in that. I don't care. The second story was a Deadpool one. That was just fun. It just really poked fun at the 90s and Marvel comics itself. But the reason why I bring this up is because the the original reprint um, will feature some art by... um, I I don't know how to properly pronounce this. Um, Juan Frigieri. So he was the artist of this story. Uh, the third story in the book was a Danny Ketch story. Now, I thought this book was all going to be definitely in the 90s, but they played with it. They had it 90s Ghost Rider. And who was the Ghost Rider of the 90s? Danny Ketch. So this book actually brings Danny Ketch back to the fold. And this is important. Why? I wrote an article for Geek Elite Media. I highly recommend you check it out just because I, I want your clicks. But also, <laughs> there's going to be a big thing going on. It's called the... Uh, the, the, the Oh, my God, I forgot the name of the story. The Challenge of the Ghost Riders. There, there we go. go. I knew this was a C word. The Challenge of the Ghost Riders over in Jason Aaron's Avengers. Now, if you've been looking at some of the comic books, there's been some little hints and hoonahs and things like that. So we've seen Johnny Blaze appear in several places. He's currently the king of hell. Uh, he managed to get the Cosmic Ghost Rider to come join him. And now we see that Danny catches back in the fold. So how will he play a part in this? What will he do? I don't know. Uh, you can read about it in the article where I, I pull together the puzzle pieces, but this is one of the puzzle pieces. So I recommend you get yourself a copy of this if you are a Ghost Rider fan. 
Uh, Marvel Tales, which is part of the 80th anniversary of the celebration of Marvel Comics. So these books are focusing on certain heroes, villains, and characters of the Marvel Universe. This time they will be focusing on the Hulk. And then we'll have some reprintings of the Incredible Hulk issue 324. So that's when we got the Gray Hulk back and his mobster-like tactics. The Savage She-Hulk number one. That's right. If you want to see the first appearances of Jennifer Walters, then this is the place to go get it. Stan Lee and John Buscema bring her to life. And then we get the Professor Hulk in his first appearance in Incredible Hulk issue 377. That's the way I like my Hulk. Smart. And yeah. a lab coat. Oh, man. Professor Hulk was the coolest. I love that. Uh, Marvel Visionaries will be putting out a Roy Thomas trade paperback. This was the man who followed Stan, uh, Roy the Boy Thomas. So he was the first editor-in-chief after Stan and stuff like that. He did a lot of great stories. Um, so if you're looking for a, a nice sampling of his career, a great buffet of all the great comics he was a part of, the Marvel Visionaries trades are the way to go. Marvel's epilogue number one. Now, last week we talked a little bit about Marvel's, and I recommend you read it. It's a great story. Um, they're doing a fifth issue. This is insane because Marvel's was a four-part series. But Kurt Busiek and uh, Alex Ross, this time their schedule aligned, and they got to team up, and they're going to do a fifth issue. So now don't get too excited, though, because it's only 16 pages. So there's going to be 16 pages and then a bunch of other stuff in here. But what's nice about this is this will lo- this will focus on the X-Men of the 70s. So this is going to basically be that pivotal moment, the last time we saw Jean Grey before she got stuffed in a cocoon and became the Phoenix. Ooh. So this will be nice to see uh, how Phil Sheldon, uh, the everyman that Kurt Busiek created, to see what's going to happen. So it's Christmas in Manhattan with the X-Men in the Night of the Sentinels. Sounds, sounds spooky. Oh, this was great stuff, man. I highly recommend it. It was a fun one. I even recommend going and reading the uh, the original stuff as well. Uh, let's see. This is going to be a fun one. So if you've got a youngster and you want to introduce them into Miles Morales, they have a Miles Morales graphic novel called Spider-Man. So this will be featuring all the classic origin stories of Miles Morales. So if you have a little tyke in your, in your uh, household or somebody that you know that really enjoyed Into the Spider-Verse, that's what this little book is all about. So... It's going to have a bunch of great little stories by Miles Morales, so definitely go check it out as well. Uh, Let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, Punisher, Return to Big Nothing. So if you want to get some of those early uh, Frank Castle stories, like basically like 80s Death Wish style Punisher, this is the way to go. So it's going to be featuring a lot of uh, his early appearances as well there. The Secret Warps annuals continue, and this time they will focus on the Arachnite. So we get to see the Moon Knight Spider-Man mashup and all the new characters that he's going to introduce. Spider-Man City at War issue 4 gets a second printing. Spider-Man Life Story issues 1 and 2 will be getting a third printing. Oh, really? Yes, I am so... I love this. This storyline is great, and I just I cannot tell you enough. To and re- reprintings normally happen because people are buying it, right? Yeah, it sells out. So this thing has sold out twice now. That's why we're on the oh, third wow. printing. That's, that's awesome. Nuts. Yeah, great job. Because that's how we want our Spider-Man. We want to see him get old. Yeah. no, it's, I'm it's, tired of high school Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield, get the hell out of here. Mm. Well, we're getting old man Peter, an even better version of it. But I love this storyline just because it actually ages in real time as well, as, as well with the, the, the current universe and our universe. Um, there's a great, I would recommend if you enjoy this, there's a great uh, DC Elseworlds that they did, God, decades ago now. Um but it was called Superman Batman Generations, and it aged them in the same thing. They, they would put out four comics, and each of the comics would show two uh, two sets of ten years. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
38 to 48, 58 to 68, and so on. It was huge. Like that, that is what got me excited about comics. See, books. now I'm just imagining like Bruce Wayne with all of his training just fighting the Viet Cong. Whoa. Yeah, no, they play with stuff like that. <laughs> oh my God. They send Superman's son, uh, Joel Kent, they send him to Vietnam. Oh, his story that. is tragic. Yeah. We're, we got to talk about that someday. Yeah. Maybe that'll be something we'll do there. We'll do a little time travel. Uh, let's see. Swordmaster number one. So the Swordmaster title is now passed on. This will be part of the characters that come out of the uh, War of the Realms. So this is the adventures of Lin Lai, a.k.a. the new Swordmaster. So he's one of the Chinese superheroes. And I love that Marvel is deciding to get way more... Uh, I don't know how to, global. Uh, global, that's the word. Thank you. I was going to say earthly, <laughs> but way more global about this. So they had a great success with the War of the Realms character because they're going to be. It's um, the Agents of Atlas, right? Yeah, there we go. That's the title. Yeah, so that team, the Agents of Atlas, it just really struck a chord with a lot of people. So this is exciting. So you're saying Swordsman is going to be a uh, hero, Swordsmaster, yeah, yeah, or Swordsmaster, yeah, sorry, Swordmaster, because the Swordsma- Swordmaster is the one that that trained. Uh, well, no, the Swordsman is sword- the one that. Did so I'm thinking train. two different people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it's tough because the, the, t- the titles are definitely close as well. But, yeah, no, but this is going to be great. So if you want a brand-new character and you want to get in on their origins and stories, this is the way to go. Uh, we have a trade paperback called Thor of Realms. So this is going to be a collection of all the various uh, Thor titles as he travels around the Ten Realms and the World Tree and stuff like that. So if you just want to have some fun old-school Thor adventures, this is the way to go. That's what I want to see. I want to see Thor traveling Yggdrasil. I literally said that sentence because I wanted to say Yggdrasil. Yeah. <laughs> I played a lot of God of War. And you I, said it perfectly, and I learned too. how to say it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tony Stark, Iron Man number 14. This will be the new adventures of Iron Man post-War of the Realms. Now, I haven't been reading the book. Oh, and by the way, this is where the all-new Spymaster will be appearing. Oh. So that title, that, that character is being revived as well. But what's interesting here, as I was reading uh, the latest issue of Avengers... Tony Stark had this thought in his mind. So I don't know if we're dealing with Tony or if he's like a backup copy of Tony who's just living it. So this is crazy. So if you want to see some mystery that's going on there, I definitely recommend it. True Believers. Yep, it's time to save some money. So Absolute Carnage Mania. So Venom, number one, back in 2003 will be reprinted. So if you want to see some Venom Carnage fighting, that's the way to go with it. Venom, or sorry, True Believers Absolute Carnage Separation Anxiety. So this is where they threaten to separate Carnage from his symbiote. Uh, This was all falling out of the 1994 Maximum Carnage adventures and stuff like that. So if you want to see some early Cletus Cassidy adventures, this is definitely the way to do it for a dollar. Now, here's going to be a big book that's definitely going to be skyrocketing. So if you're going to be into that collection, I I suggest doing this. Valkyrie, Jane Foster, number one. So the War of the Realms has ended, and we have Jane Foster getting herself a new power set. A lot of people loved her as Thor, but unfortunately we only have one Thor now because there's only one Mjolnir, but she has a new power set. She is the Valkyrie. So if you want to continue on with her adventures, that's going to be the book for you. Uh, Going back to it, the Agents of Atlas, their first issue will be getting a third printing as well so that's sold out twice so that's fantastic so there is definitely a lot of love there is donald blake still around donald blake i don't think he is to be honest with you he's just his name just doesn't exist anymore yeah, or i think he they just got rid of it I, you know the question is did he really ever exist was he thor or was he a man who got the power of thor that's mm. a tough one I, I don't know because is it like a hulk banner situation or is it just that he was turned into donald blake Mm. You know, that's a tough one. I just been retconned away. Like, hey, Honestly, yeah. don't don't think about this. Yeah. I feel like the, the the least they say his name, people will forget. Honestly, I think you're something on. I think you're onto something there. Where it's kind of like, yeah, let's forget that era of Thor. Mm. And now here's our last book: 
X-Men 137 facsimile edition. That's right. The end of the Phoenix saga. I love this story. I love that classic cover. Scott and Gene embracing each other on the blue area of the moon, blasting their powers out there. That cheesy yellow headline. This Marvel comic could be worth $2,500 to you. Oh, that book just screams some 70s and 80s era comics. So if you want to have a true blue edition, this is the one to get for you. And that's what's on your spinner racks. And once again, this episode of Imagine If is brought to you by FanQuest Comics and Games in Yuma, Arizona. It is our local comic book store. It has been open for nearly 30 years now. We've been shopping there for just about 25 years of that. Uh, we've been going there, making memories, and we're making new memories because this week and then next week, we are going to be having uh, comic book roundtable discussions the first week this Sunday coming up about X-Men and then the following Sunday will be about The Walking Dead so if you are into what we have to talk about today in our episode about The Walking Dead make sure that you show up for that Walking Dead roundtable um, if you can't make it to our local comic book store definitely make it to your local comic book store keep that money in your local area make sure that you are able to support those businesses that are there to make memories for you you i mean we've we we wouldn't have this show if it wasn't for fan quests that's true i mean we we all found a way to get to these comic books and you know attached to these uh storylines and then this is what we're doing we're 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 taking these storylines and we we make them into other universes because of what we learned from what we got at FanQuest. Exactly. Yep. It's that power of discovery. It's without that discovery, you know, in a world where everything is streaming and you can get it whenever you want, sometimes you lose that sense of discovery, right? That sense of like, oh, this looks cool. What is this? And then you meet like-minded people like, oh, what's that you got there right there, right? Or even going there with your with your future kids or if you currently have kids, it's... It's a great gateway to find this beautiful storytelling in this comic book medium that can really, really make long-lasting memories. Yeah, it's just such a great bridge to some fantastic worlds, so definitely. Support your local comic shops. Read on. So if you if you want, go go to FanQuest fan uh, Comics and Games on Facebook. Make sure to follow them. Support them any way you can. Uh, I, I'm sure if you talk to Diane, you could get some comic books ordered on the phone sent to you very easy very easy there you go let's go ahead and talk about the walking dead uh i first thing i want to say is that i have not read any of the comic books i have only watched the tv shows so i am interested in what the two of you have to say about what i am missing from the from the comic books you really are missing. No, I, no, I know I am. I, yeah. I, I, as much as it's so funny because uh, people that I know don't that don't read comic books read The Walking Dead. Like right. it's so strange. And the the TV show definitely probably gave them that opening. Yeah, it's a gateway. So there is so much more story in the comic books, and and one of the things that that's I guess would be kind of great is that the TV show veered. Like it, the yeah. certain characters that you would think would be alive in the show still are not because in the comic book they are. Now, whether that's actors negotiating stuff or that's Kirkman being like, hey, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know how much he has say in the storylines in the TV show anymore, but, you know, the uh, executive producer, the showrunners and stuff like that, they definitely were, went other directions. Yeah, no, that's what's nice because I remember for a while there, I mean, I didn't mind. I didn't mind watching like seasons one, two, and three and kind of having an idea what was going to happen. 
But it was exciting to see like when they would make those changes and you're like, oh shit, Shane, Carol, wow, they veered, they went differently, you know, Herschel, oh man, that ended that way and, and Dale and all these different twists and turns. So it was very, very exciting. So one thing that I thought was interesting that you uh, just turned me on to last week, I think when we were talking about it, was that the, the, the comic book series itself has a bookend of Shane dies in issue one. Rick dies in issue 92, basically, or 192, the end, right? Shane lived all the way to the end of season two in uh, the in the TV show. So yeah. how how much of Shane do you actually see in the first runs of the comic book? Do, do they flash back? Or? So with Shane, it's, it's, again, another one of those great characters, right? Shane is brought in like in the first six issues, right? The first trade paperback. It ends with him dying, and so that's it. That's Shane's story. They do allude to him again later. He gets um, like one flashback. He gets one flash. He gets, yeah, he gets like one or two flashbacks, and then on top of that, when they do find out, and again, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read the books, does don't know anything about The Walking Dead, when they find out that everyone is infected, whether you get bitten or not, once you die, you rise up. Uh, when when Rick finds this out, he actually drives all the way back to where they buried him. That's right, and he. Like Shane's trying to get out because he's he's undead now, and Rick unburies him and then you know puts him out of his misery, and like he's like you know you don't deserve this piece of shit but you were an important person in my life, and that's great when you're talking about the idea of this TV show that's able to come in and just capture the minds of millions of people right this is a show that transcended so many things and became a cultural zeitgeist right zombie movies have always been good from Lucio Fulci's zombie to George uh, George Romero with all of his Dawn of the Dead Day of the Dead and then all of the countless rip-offs knock-offs whatever you want to call them zombies right. have been a big part of culture and the really, really cool thing is the fact that The Walking Dead was that zombie story. Because when you look at these forms of narrative, right, Robert Kirkman wanted to make a zombie story that didn't end, right? Because when you come into it, you go into the storytelling, you go into all the different aspects, and what's ending up happening is you're getting a story of these are our protagonists. These are the things that are happening, and then it's like all sunshine and flowers. They go off into the sunset to never be heard from again. He didn't like this, so he wanted to make that story that continued. So how do things change? What does this landscape look like? And so, you know, this series has been going on for a long time, and when it was picked up as a TV show, they got the right cast. They got... AMC to create something great. Frank Darabont was such a yes. great director for that first season that captured the minds. Because, like you're talking about, you know, for me, I also started watching The Walking Dead, and then that was my gateway to the comic books because I wanted more. And from there, you know, to some people it could be a turn off because it is black and white, but that's to add to the the mystique, right? The sense of this world, these dead days gone by. And so allowing us to explore this world and how the TV show did veer off and gave Shane, because John Berthnall was a great actor, yeah. and they gave him another whole season. I love Shane. I'm still fucking angry that he died in season two. Wow. I remember when that happened, and I just, I rage quit it. I was like, no. And the, the next episode happened, and the whole time I was mad, everyone needs to fucking die and this and that, because the character was so well written, and I loved him. And it had such a visceral feeling for me and so many other people, too. And that's what made The Walking Dead so good. It's that shock horror. Anybody can die at any moment. And on top of that, it captured the imagination of so many people. My parents, because my dad speaks 
not the most English. My mom does. But I remember, you know, when the season first started, we would turn it into, my parents called it, they didn't call it The Walking Dead, they called it Zombies. <laughs> and so every Sunday, though, me and my two younger sisters, at this point I was like 20, 23 or 22, my sisters were like 18 and like 16, and my parents were like, okay, it's zombie time. And then so like we'd all come together in the living room and we watch zombies. And my dad, who doesn't really understand a lot of English, he'd be watching. And he just and he'd be captivated. My mom would be captivated, and we talk about it. And that's the beauty of it, because it gave these different people an avenue to watch it. And then some of them would then go on to the comic book, and the comic book would give us another telling of the story. Because yeah, it has the same overall narrative points, but when they venture off, they're different enough that they can tell you a different story. Maybe something you're not getting in the TV show, or something you're not getting in the comic book, you can now adventure on in the other aspect. Yeah, no, that's what I really like. Exactly. It's kind of like, you know, I didn't like the way that character ended. I didn't like the way that arc ended. You can go to the one or the other, the show or the TV, and you're like, okay, there was a different spin on it. So that's what's really neat. I did like that. That added value I got as a comic book fan when the show came around. Because, yeah, my own my own origins with The Walking Dead, it's funny. I remember helping Diane at her store, and I would help her do the Wednesday pools. And I remember when The Walking Dead number one came out. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, here's another freaking wannabe zombie comic. Okay, whatever. Who cares? God, if only I had some common sense. The first issue, you could probably sell that thing for like $2,000 plus. It's insane. That, 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 that's blown up. But anyway, so I just kind of, I, I, I shoot it away. I didn't care. And then sure enough, years later, um, you know, uh, AMC. And at the time, like, I, I really wasn't watching them that much. But Frank Durnabout is what caught me. I mean the the the, the uh, I mean, look at his repertoire of films. Right? Shawshank Redemption, Eight Mile, uh, Eight Mile, know, Green eight, Mile, Eight Mile. Wow, no, that's starring not right. Eminem, Green Mile, the Green Mile, <laughs> starring Eminem. <laughs> it's the story of Marshall Mathers. I'm tired of people, <laughs> fucking people. <laughs> but uh, no, but he has some great movies to him. Uh, even the Mist. I know a lot of people are kind of like, yeah, oh, whatever. Mist, yeah. But I was, I enjoyed those things. So the I was like, Mr. You know Punisher what? himself. Yeah. Huh? Right. God, God, the guy, the guy finds his Punishers and he gives them work. You know, he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so I was just like, okay. And I heard they were going to make a show, and I was like, you know what? That guy does quality work. So if he's willing to take that comic and do something, that must mean something good. And I'm not going to lie, the, the the pirating of comic books, I've partaken. And I did, man. This was uh, Pirate Bay. I went on there and I scored myself a nice torrent of The Walking Dead. And, you know, I'm sorry, Mr. Kirkman, but I've bought every trade in a damn grip load of the, the comics, so you've gotten some good money out of me. But I read that. And when I knew the show was coming, and this was still in the age of when I went to comic uh, Comic-Con at San Diego, so I managed to, I in two days... And this is because of summer vacation as a teacher. So in two days, I read like the first 73 issues of The Walking Dead. I could not put it down. It's addictive, right? It was. I'm in the same boat. It was. Because you read through it so fast. You do. Like he, like, it's funny because I get mad at a lot of the other comic books when they write for the trade paperback. And he's admitted. I mean, if you read issue 193, if you read in the background there... You can hear him talking about that where he's like, yeah, you know, like, I, I know that these are going to be the compendiums and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay. But he does his math well enough that the story does not get sacrificed because of the trades. So actually, I apologize. I bought The Walking Dead Volume 1 trade paperback first. Okay. So I bought that first and I read it. And you know what's tough? Or at least back then, like, I would read a trade paperback. I'd get, like, two comics deep. I'd have to put it down. I was like, oh, I just, I feel kind of, like, sick, nauseous or whatever just because... 
you know, like almost like a car sickness feeling. So I had to put it down. That one I did not. I read all six. Now, yes, they do read very fast. I'm not going to lie. But holy shit, that blew my mind, especially with the way they exited Shane. Because at first he's his partner and everything's, you know, honky dory. And then you're like, wait a second. You know, he, he cheated with Lori. Oh, my God, that's Rick's wife. And then you can even sing like, you know, that 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 it's almost kind of like a Lion King thing where it's like, well, before you came along, I was the alpha male. Everybody loved me. And now Rick's here and everybody loves him. And he took my boy. That's not your son. He took my wife. That's not your wife. You know, like, dude, Shane, you're losing it. And it was crazy. And the way it ended, you know, with with Carl killing Rick in the first or not killing Rick, <laughs> Carl killing yeah, twist with Carl killing Shane. That was crazy. I mean, the show tried to capture it. But the book, just the comic had it so much better. So, yeah, I did. I downloaded it that night, and I kept reading. I couldn't put it down. That and keeping in mind also the fact that you made a really good point. You know, when you first looked at it, and it was like, oh, it's another zombie book, yeah. right? In a time where, like, zombies were oversaturated. And we've kind of hit that again. Zombies are oversaturated again, right? Because uh-huh. as soon as The Walking Dead came out, the TV show, we had, what, like six, seven years of just straight, look at all these zombie things. So I get where people are kind of off the bandwagon now, whatever. And it will have its renaissance once again. Because uh, it just kind of comes and dips and dives or whatever. Vampires are out and zombies are in again. Whoever want to build it, yeah. but it's true. It's it was a zombie story, and what made the story so great is yes, it read fast because you were so oh you were engrossed engrossed in the characters. Yeah. What's Rick gonna do? And not just Rick. You meet other characters that you fall in love with. Yeah, and the trials and tribulations they go through. We could spend six hours talking about just the themes of these oh, stories because there's, there's so, so many much. things that go on. You right? could yeah, we could do an, an episode on each trade, each little story bit. Right, themes know? of redemption and anger, adultery, uh, the whole thing of nostalgia. Right, wanting people want the Walking Dead series because it tells us of a, it, it, it wants us to want a world where things used to be better because yeah we live in a world now where we have all this great technology but we go to work and we have days where we don't want to go to work and yeah. it's bullshit but then when you think of a world where there is no more work and now you have these threats these real inhuman threats that look like people that could kill you at any moment it makes you think back to those times that maybe weren't so happy but now you're looking at them through rose glasses because you want to relive that oh i would do anything to be able to just sit at my desk and deal with these students for five hours instead of having to look because i'm really really hungry and then the plot evolves because then it's no longer the zombies that are the threat okay once you've created something for yourself now what happens when you have the most malicious of people that exist and i mean we get introduced to so many devils on earth from the governor to Negan to everybody else the hunters yeah. the hunters it's it's there's so many elements to it that kind of the progression feels natural and it feels real yeah no he the world he created was great because it was it was like okay at first it's like hunger and shelter zombies okay these are your dangerous things and then the minute you start discovering other people like the prison arc oh my god like the, the the show did the show did its own prison arc and that was great, but when they did it in the comics, like when they discover those four convicts and it's like okay, God. who's the bad guy? And he, like I don't even I won't spoil it for you because when you read that arc, 
you have to you have to look at all the clues and everything that's going on so you could figure out who the real bad guy was in that story. Right, and the way that it plays out. One thing that I did love about the comic books is, you know, Tyrese was a great character in the show, but he was nothing compared to the Tyrese oh, in the comics. Oh, Tyrese well, in the comics was great. And I always thought that was is interesting because the show created a new character, created Daryl Dixon. So you already had your Tyrese character in Daryl Dixon. That's, that's Rick's right-hand man. He's using him. So when you bring in Tyrese later on in the show, you're, it's, it's redundant. You're like, yeah. What do we do with this character now? Yeah. So you, I, I think the way that they handled that character was great. I think that the the way that they had him go out was also good. Um, he was a character that, even amongst people that experienced a lot of loss, he experienced a lot of loss. Like, yes, yeah. it was it was bad. So um, yeah, that was. I thought it was a great character. Yeah, well, too, like, and I like those divergence because you're right. Like Tyrese, I loved him when he came into the story. I was like, this guy is cool, and you felt bad for him, the, his loss and everything that he went through. But then when you you meet his other right hand man, Daryl Dixon from the show, it's like holy crap! And you know, like for him to be his right hand man after Merle and all that, it was crazy. You know, I was just like holy shit. And I love that. I love that. Uh, you know, Kirkman every year around you know April Fool's Day is like, oh yeah, we're gonna bring Daryl. Daryl's gonna come into the comic books yeah. any, any moment now and <laughs> just like keep trolling people over and over. Yeah, it never happened. It never happened. Yep. But uh, continuing on, it's one thing though that was really amazing that that like a, a point that that I found very interesting with the phenomenon of The Walking Dead. So I, you know, like I said, I've heard about this show. I read the comics. This is crazy. I was sharing it with people, like fellow teachers. Like, they were reading the comics. I was getting them to check it out. Um, our, some of our friends, Richard and Erica, we were talking about that, and they were excited. And I remember, like, the big Hall H moment. You know, it's like, okay, here it is. Now, I couldn't get in a Hall H. I have yet to be there, even when it's not San Diego Comic-Con. But I was just so excited about it. And then, so they finally dropped that trailer, whatever day of the week it was. I think it was Saturday. And then the next day, they had their Walking Dead display set up, and it was supposed to mimic the house with the dad who blew his head off with the shotgun and the zombie family there. And then there was a television. The television would just run the trailer over and over. I remember, even though I had watched the trailer online, when I got there, and this is at San Diego Comic-Con, I don't know if you've ever been there, it is just elbows to assholes full of people. Like, you cannot move at all. Like, this, that is The Walking Dead. Like, it's just so <laughs> much people there. And I remember finally getting to a point where I could stand in front of the TV and watch it. And there were people building around me. I could not hear the convention. We were all that quiet watching the trailer. And I just watched that. And, like, it dawned on me. Like, I came back to realization. And I looked. And I even brought the other people. I was like, oh, my God. Like, do you hear that? You hear nothing but the television. Because everybody in the nearby area was just so engrossed by it. I was like, this is going to be amazing stuff. And it did. The Walking Dead, it took off. I'm so glad. I'm so excited for Kirkman, everybody involved. Frank Dernabout, thank you so much for introducing me to this world. What a world it's been. I mean, we talk about comic books and we talk about these stories again and again weekly for everybody listening. But The Walking Dead was something special. <clears throat> what I really enjoyed about it is the fact of the finality to all of it. It's we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know when the big bad's going to happen. We don't know who's going to be the ultimate overlying resolution to the story, right? In a story where anybody can die at any moment, but very clearly this is the Grimes story. Rick Grimes. This is what he's going through. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Robert Kirkman as a surprise killed Rick so quickly 
that nobody was expecting it, and then just as quickly just stop the series says a lot because one of the things that he talked about in an interview just recently that I read, I forget what interview it was specifically, so I'm sorry for not citing, but he talked about how all of his favorite TV shows, all of his favorite works of narration, right? You know what it's going to end because you have the last 30 minutes of an episode, you have the last yeah. 30 minutes of a, of, a, of, a, of a movie, so you know the resolution is coming. So the whole point of The Walking Dead is that zombie story that doesn't end. From when we go to this point to this point, when do you know when your conclusion happens? And the fact that it's Rick's story and it ends with Rick's death and then the impact that he had on the people like in his close proximity, I think that would have been the best way to do it. So I think there's something very poetic about that and it says a lot about this huge uh, long... Because how, how long has the, has the, the comic been in... In print, well, how, October, how do you do 193 episodes or issues? Well, it monthly, but it's but even then they've sped it up, like they've done some stuff. But it first touched, uh, it, it hit, it impacted us on October of 2003. See, so I mean, there's so many years of developing that. 16, yeah, 16, 16 years, years of The Walking Dead, and the, the, what you're talking about, the the interview was actually the the back pages of issue 193. Oh, and you know that's oh that's a tough thing. So. TV show fans, I, I I highly encourage you to try out the comic, but it's tough because I want you to actually read the comic, not the trades, not the collected editions. I want you to read the comic because that is something that I really love that Kirkman did for fans, for us, was the letter pages. He would open up each letter page with just him rambling on about something. He was like, like anytime he killed a character, he's like, I'm sorry, it had to happen. Or, oh, I couldn't wait till it finally happened. God, I wanted to get rid of that scumbag. And he would just talk about it. And you're like, this was cool. So it's like, it was like you, you just listen to your friend tell you a story. Yeah. And then they tell you what they were thinking, like afterwards. Like, I, 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 that's why the Talking Dead does so great. Because, again, it's that shared emotion. I mean, how many of us would come over to somebody's house like, okay, we're watching this tonight. We're watching the zombies. You know, the family would gather. Hell, I even got my dad to watch episodes of this. You know, oh, like you he watched season one and he was like, all right, this is pretty good. And that blew my mind. I was like, we've never shared comic book stuff, you know. And so, like, this was really cool. So, yeah, it's that's what's so great. Like, if you if you do, like, go go see if you can get yourself a copy of issue 192 and issue 193. And not only are you going to get great story, but then in the back, those letters pages at the end, it's like, man, just to hear him put his thoughts out there. Like, it's exciting because in that same interview you were talking about, he talks about how he's like, I was worried about ending it. Am I doing the right thing? And it's like, you're damn right. That's an interesting question because, oh, here's a multi-million dollar uh, franchise and you're just going to go ahead and end it. Cool. <laughs> and yeah, and I think I mean, it was one of those things, right, where when you keep something going on for too long, eventually it loses its 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 pizzazz, its yeah. magic, its mystique. And I mean, some people could say like, oh, it already went on for too long. Like, oh, whatever. But realistically, I mean, shy of what, 200 issues? Yeah. And just what, 192? 193. 193. Well, but see, then you take into account like the stuff that he did on the side. Oh, like, you're right. The specials. Because I was just looking at that. Because he did get to 200, even if he didn't write them. Because I don't think... I, I, the only one I remember hearing about was The Walking Dead, The Stranger, I think is what it was called. Oh, okay. Or The Alien or something like that. But it's about a guy in Paris when the, the whole... The, the zombie apocalypse kicks off. And in, at the very end of it, it's something like they make reference to it being uh, the brother or cousin to Rick Grimes. Yeah, Jeffrey Grimes. Yeah. Happened in, yeah. And, ha- and, and the, the idea was that he was a, you know, he's a stranger in a strange land. Like it's, so that's a, that's not in the canon. That's not in, or it's in the canon, but it's not in the, the, the actual run. Yeah. No, you're right. Cause he did Here's Negan, 
which basically told us the origin of Negan. Uh, the alien, just like you talked alien, about, okay. international. Uh, he did a Tyrese one that talked about you know Tyrese with his daughter before they met the group. There was a Morgan one. Isn't there, there a, a governor, governor one? one? Okay. Yep, a governor one, and Michonne. So you're talking about Michonne, the governor, Morgan, Tyrese, the alien, and here's Negan. That gives a six. So it's 199. <laughs> It's tough because even with the here's Negan, you know how do you how do you have those collected? Because he did it in a serial fashion. Uh, so technically, if you count those little bits, it, it might go from there. Uh, there was a free comic book day special, but that has the Morgan Michonne Governor and Tyree specials. Which, by the way, go find that. That would have been the free comic book day special from The Walking Dead 2013. That thing's probably gold right now. Uh, just to uh, catch up to everybody where we're we're at TV wise with the show. Um, Rick, the character of Rick, to everybody in the show, thinks that he's dead. Because we've jumped ahead five years. He sacrificed himself to to blow up a bridge so that the horde of zombies didn't make it to Alexandria? Yeah, yes. he did Alexandria. it for his, for his people. He did it for his people, but you come to find out that he wasn't dead. You know, he's he's... We know, as the audience know, that um, uh, the one lady, the tall lady, I forget what her name is. With uh, the garbage people. Yeah, with the garbage people. <laughs> called the helicopter. The helicopter picked him up. So from there, we know above board, so to speak, that there are going to be three made-for-TV movies through AMC, which will star Rick Grimes as a character. So interesting. There has been talks of a in-theater movie that will also feature Rick Grimes. Um, we have... The Fear of the Walking Dead, the first spinoff show from The Walking Dead. We now have movement on a TV, a second spinoff show from The Walking Dead starring uh, teens as the, the main protagonist, so to speak. We just, we just got three people um, uh, cast in those roles. There's uh, Alexa Mensauer, Nicholas Cantu, and Hal Cumston. Um, these are all going to be playing characters that are around the ages of 13, I would assume. Um, let's see. Mansoor recently wrapped shooting guest star, Madam Secretary. Don't care about that. Uh, they give a breakdown of some of what their characters are, but it, I mean, obviously it's going to be, I think they're you know, they're kind of capturing a little bit of stranger things vibe, but it's not going to be as humorous it's gonna be walking dead stuff you know it's gonna be uh, walking babies kind of in the vein of muppet babies <laughs> <laughs> grim dark so we, we have that and then you have the video games did anybody play the telltale games i never God, played any of them i wanted I, to i know telltale had... games with clementine that is one of the greatest one of the greatest video games of all time yeah i mean i've only heard praises of it and then we had the big controversy with telltale games and them having to close oh, up early yeah. and then skybound came in and was like you know we're gonna help you guys finish this game off or the people that were actually making it and stuff like that. So it's going it, to, it, that's where we're at with those. And I think that's important because yes, the video games have been completely amazing and they have done so much for, again, the genre for everything. And it's another, it's an, it's more information that allows you to enjoy the walking dead. It builds in something new, something great, something grand that allows you to experience it in a different way. Because with Telltale's game, in this case, you get to decide the decision-making. What happens here? What happens there? It's very interactive. And that's kind of the cool part. Because one, when you're watching the show, you get it thrown at you in a medium where it's combined with 
striking visuals with amazing sounds. The soundtrack in itself oh and some of the art scenes the music, yeah, and yeah, the art. are some of the best things that I've ever seen on a television program. People talk about how HBO is the best that they have and they produce some of the best shows. Right. I argue that some of the, like the first three, four seasons of The Walking Dead are some of the best television that's ever been produced. Oh, dude, AMC. In that era, AMC was nuts because I was watching um, Mad Men. I was really into that, and honestly, like the commercials that they would air with Mad Men, like, oh, do you like the suave leader, <laughs> and do you like the bitter old man, and uh-huh. the, the whiny punk weasel, you know, and, and they would make those relationships to it. I was like, wow. So that really made a fun connection between um, The Walking Dead and Mad Men. Like, that was just so much fun for me to see those two that way. Right. It, it So you got to experience it in that capacity. And then on top of that, with the video games, now you're able to live it, right? It's another form of being able to experience the story. Because that's all the game is. It's another avenue to experience the story. And I think that does droves, and it adds so many new elements to what it can be. And Clementine was such a great character, and some of the heartbreaking decisions you have to make in that video game, it is some of the best that I've ever seen. You know, and that's what's really neat about The Walking Dead is it asks us those honest questions. What would you do in these case scenarios? Could you, couldn't you, you know? Is this right? Is this wrong? What if no one's looking, you know? Like, I think that's what the best part about what The Walking Dead brought to us. So one of the things that I've always enjoyed, I want to say, and that's in air quotes for people who can't see me, uh, about The Walking Dead, the TV show, is that the many conversations I get into with people outside of watching the show. Because I honestly feel that when uh, 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 Earth-level event like this, where you're, you've got, what, 98% of the world's population dies, and then this thing happens, right, right. like, I, I get it where a lot of people were like, well, you know, there are going to be these people like Negan or the governor or whoever, you know, that just take power and then try and rule over others and stuff. I honestly think that it's going to be more of a, oh, fuck, we all need to kind of work together so that we can survive. Like, I think the paradigm shift in just the way that you exist would be different. And I usually get into that conversation, um, which is fine. I I love having that conversation because I think that when something like that happens, everybody's brain changes. The way surviving is is the most important. Right. Um, One of the best parts of the show, and this is back in the first season, um, is when you get that explanation of uh, the walking dead isn't the dead walking. It's more us because, yeah. the, well, I guess it's the second season because that's when the you find out what the CDC guy said to the, said, said to Rick Grimes. But uh, it's that, you know, we are the walking dead. Everybody who's alive is still infected or whatever it is. And that's another thing. You don't ever get an explanation of what happened, why it happened, anything like that. And that's cool because The Walking Dead works on a whole diff- a lot of different pl- uh, platforms. One sense, it is a show about zombies <clears throat> to the casual goer. Right. right. To my mom and my dad, it's a show about zombies. Uh, to others, it is a drama with zombies sprinkled in to add different set pieces. Uh, to others, it is a very thematic show about the philosophy of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different elements to it, like the whole idea of The Walking Dead, right? We are the ones that are, because we're going to die, and when we die, we will come back. And so it's kind of like it's what's the point of creating life and continuing on when you're just going to be a shambling monster at the end of the day? Is there a reason to continue to fight forward and build civilization when you know all it takes is one person to die 
and bite a whole other pe- a whole bunch of other people to make this cycle happen all over again. And I think those are really cool questions that are brought in. I completely agree with the idea of how brain chemistry should change and the idea of something post-apocalyptic like that. Um, but again, the show asked those questions. What about that 1% asshole piece of shit motherfuckers who come in and try to destroy the world? And what does that build? And I think, you know, sometimes I feel like I hear dogs screaming in the back of my head because I feel like as I move forward, I'm seeing these monsters come to life and bringing this like the 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 hounds of hell are trying to scream themselves out, trying to open that portal to hell because that's what this world is. It creates this sense of how do I live and keep moving forward, which I think is important at the end of the day, because it's a positive message that even through all of the shit and through all the grime. There is a yeah. lick out there that'll help you out and move, make you move forward and make those tough decisions. Well, you know, honestly, and there is a lot to it. And I always joke. I call it. I call it. I, I have main character syndrome. So when you watch, like, movies are easier. Movies are television. So you identify with the main character. You know, you're like, okay, this is this is this is a, a, a cool part of me that I want to make sure I have. And um, a buddy of mine, John, he does a lot of our shows. He uh, introduced me to the. Um, uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake by Zack Snyder. And I watched that movie. That was the first time I really got into the whole like zombie culture and whatnot. I was like, wow, this is some crazy stuff. And then um, I remember like I was working at Hastings back in the day. And it was funny because I was, you know, I was just doing my thing and whatnot. And I guess I just was like super helpful to this car- this customer. And they were like, you remind me of the guy from the Dawn of the Dead. And, like <laughs> That was such like an honorable comment. You're like, oh, because... Like when the dawn of the dead happens, like to me, I would be on the opposite of that discussion with you. I think people will turn to shit. Like very few will still stay golden pony boy, but the rest of them will just be assholes and taking advantage of the situation. And so it's like, man, you hope that you don't become that guy. You hope that you're not going to be that exploit others in the world that it becomes. And so I like that with the walking dead, the comic it does. It puts us in all those situations, you know, because like I'm, I'm looking back here at all the information and it's funny because I want to say I think the second and third arcs, they often get overlooked, but I think that one was a neat one because for those arcs, those early on in the stories, shelter was the enemy. Yeah, mm. because that was the one like they actually come up to a gated community and they're like, oh shit, we've got a gated community. Life's going to be great. We're safe. You get a house. You get a house. And everybody's all excited. They let their guard down and then they get that moment where it's like, okay, cool. I've got my own home. And they relax or they take a shit and then bam, here comes a zombie. And you're like, yep. oh, these homes are not great. You know, there's going to be a lot of trouble that comes with it. So I just I think it was great that the comic put us into those situations and got us to think about it. And then, of course, you yourself think about it like, well, what would I have done? What would I do? Would I have done this? Was that right, wrong or this or that or the other? And I think good storytelling is also the amount of passion and love you put into the characters. Like for me, I remember loving these characters so much that feeling a very visceral gut reaction when we'd lose one. Like when Tyree. So in the comic books, in the in the show, Herschel is the one killed by the governor with the sword. But in the comic book, it's Tyrese. And the way that it's done, it's much more bitter and, and disgusting. And yeah. it, it really hits you hard. But for me, I remember uh, shopping at Hastings, rest in peace, uh, back in the good <laughs> old days. And they had the trade out for when they were introducing Negan. 
And at this point, I didn't know much about Negan, but, you know, Negan's been out for a while. And so I remember I, I wasn't reading the comic, but I was, like, skimming through it. And I came across that scene where Negan just bashes out Glenn's head. Glenn oh, had been man. from the very beginning. And just seeing that, I put it away, and I was so angry. Kind of that visceral reaction I had with, like, the death of Shane in the show. It's like, fuck this. Because you, you <laughs> grow to love these characters, and when yeah. they're gone, they're gone. Whereas you read something in DC Comics or Marvel or Boom Studios, yeah, a character dies. But most of the time, it's temporary. They will come back at some point. Someone will re-envision them. The Walking Dead is different. The Walking Dead kind of built that. Like, there was no magic to bring these people back. And they died in such gruesome and horrible ways. And that was the worst part, you know? It's kind of like that whole idea of Game of Thrones. You know, people loved it so much because a character would die and they'd be dead. Mm-hmm. And it kind of it built so much. And again, it was that, that culture because we got so used to the storytelling where your favorites stayed alive. And they kept doing what they were supposed to be doing. And then when a favorite ended up dying unexpectedly, I think that when you can have a moment to yourself and tell yourself, I'm so happy, I'm so sad this character died, like Rob at the Red Wedding, (laughs) that at the end of the day is going to be like, this is good storytelling. Because it made me care for this fake character so much that their death has ruined my day. I think that's powerful. No, you're right. The, The losses were real and they were tragic because it's like, I remember with Tyrese, and like, I'm glad you brought him up. It was exciting because when he came into the fold, you know, he was like, all right, Rick finally had somebody he could talk to. He was on his level. And then they just had that huge fallout when they yep, beat the shit fallout. out of each other. And it was like, oh, man, they're not buddies anymore? Like, shit, this is real. You know, like that happens to us, you know, but like Superman and Jimmy Olsen, Jimmy Olsen's always going to eat shit and be happy. He's like, oh, okay, You know, so that was crazy to see that moment take place. And it was like, wow. And they're like, they never really mended their relationship. And then it ended with death. And it's like, oh, damn, like that's insane. So, yeah, it was brutally real, brutally honest. All right. So if you want to listen more of this conversation, you're going to have to either be at our roundtable at FanQuest Comics and Games. Just a on, taste. Oh, yeah. taste for you. <laughs> That's right. Continue this conversation on the 4th of August. Uh, or you can listen in on the podcast when it comes out. So uh, if you have any information that you want to get, you want to talk about before that happens, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Where can people find you, Chris, on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter as Stuff I Should Say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. And? Oh, yes. And then um, I also write for Adventures in Poor Taste, so please come by, check out my articles. Uh, I do some comic book reviews and stuff like that, so check them out if you can. And, Rafa, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter as at Mobile Rafi for your entertainment on the go. I also have this nifty little YouTube channel where I talk about action figures and talk about my brand new car. And when I'm not doing those things and not being an eldritch demon in the cosmic skies, I'm just hanging out at school and teaching education to people. So go to school. <laughs> go back. Go to school and eat your vegetables. And learn. <laughs> eat your vitamins. Uh, if you want to get to the rest of Geek Elite Media, it's on Twitter at, at Geek Elite Media. At, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast.